We're thankful to be here. I wish you could be here with us. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord is here. We want to get into the Word this morning and uh, look into the Gospel of Mark in the 10th chapter. We're going to be reading from the NIV, chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. You can follow along in your Bible at home, and thanks to our technology, the words to the, the, the verses to the Scripture should be on your screen. So... Matthew, or Mark, excuse me, chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. Then they came to Jericho, they being the disciples and Jesus. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and he said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Pray with me for a moment. Father, we thank you again for this, your word, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you for this portion of your word, and we ask this morning that you would use it to encourage us, to strengthen us, enlighten us by your Holy Spirit, illuminate your word. Speak through it and through me, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Many of us in these days are feeling stuck. During this time in which we're living, we're literally sheltered in place. We can't go the places that we've normally gone. We can't do the things that we've normally done. We're working from home. We're going to school from home. We can't go to the restaurants that we normally like to go to to eat in. It's takeout only. We can't go to a sporting event, to a movie, or any other kind of activity because they've all been canceled. We're stuck. For many of us, COVID-19 crisis aside, we find ourselves stuck in a figurative way. We're feeling perhaps stuck in a job that we don't really like or a career that hasn't gone the way that we had hoped it would go. Some of us find ourselves 
feeling stuck in a relationship that is not going anywhere or that's gone sour and we don't know what to do. We may be stuck in an apartment that's too small or a geographical area that we don't like. So many ways that we could feel stuck or trapped. In our passage of scripture this morning in Mark chapter 10, we read about a man who was stuck. He was stuck by a disability that he had. Blind Bartimaeus. Now this account in scripture, if you're reading in your Bible, you see proceeds chapter 11, which speaks about the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. So this takes place right before the beginning of Passion Week, before Palm Sunday, which we observe next Sunday. And not only that, but this is really the last recorded miracle of mercy that Jesus performs in his earthly ministry. Immediately after this, the Passion Week begins, and we know it leads from his triumphal entry to ultimately his crucifixion and then resurrection on Resurrection Sunday. Bartimaeus, in his perceptions and what he feels and his actions are things that we can relate to or learn from. There are five different things that I want to point out, five things that occur in this passage that I think are important to our understanding. So let's look back at the 46th and 47th verses for the first one. The first thing that we see here is a sense of desperation. A sense of desperation on the part of Bartimaeus. Jesus and his disciples, it tells us, are on their way out of Jericho, on the way to Jerusalem, and they encounter this man along the road. Bartimaeus was a man who possibly was blind from birth, although it doesn't say that. He may have had sight for a while and lost his sight somehow. But he is a blind man begging on the side of the road, and he hears that Jesus is coming their way. His way. He's desperate, I say, in two different ways. First of all, he's desperate because of the situation he's in. He's a blind man. And in that society, in that time and culture, he was unable to make a living. And so, day after day, he came out perhaps to the same spot along the road, laid out his cloak, and sat and begged depending on the generosity of others, asking for alms, asking for help. And not only is he blind and not only is unable to make a, a living for himself, he's also probably looked down upon. If we look in the Gospel of John, we see another account where Jesus healed a man who had been blind from birth. And the disciples speaking about that man to Jesus ask him, Lord, who was it, this man or his parents, who sinned that caused his blindness? Because in that time, any kind of physical infirmity like that was often uh, attributed to a sin of the person who had it. And so those who walked by Bartimaeus, some may have given money to him, and even in giving money to him, looked down upon him 
thinking he must have sinned, causing his blindness. So he's desperate. He's in a desperate situation because of his life situation. But there's another desperation that Bartimaeus feels. And that desperation kicks in when he hears that Jesus is walking into town. He shows a desperation when Jesus comes on the scene. No doubt he heard about him. He heard about this man from Nazareth who had healed the sick, who had caused the lame to walk, and who had caused the blind to see. And so Bartimaeus has a sense of desperation rising up in him. He understands, even though he cannot see, he knows that this is a chance of a lifetime. He does see that. This is a chance of a lifetime for him. No one else could help him. But he had heard what Jesus had done, and so he knew that Jesus could. And so, in desperation, he begins to cry out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. The word that's used here that is translated as crying out is a word that means to cry out loudly with an urgent scream or a shriek. There was no holding back here on Bartimaeus's part. He was giving it all that he had. Yelling, shrieking, screaming, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Desperation can drive us to do things that we normally would not do. And sometimes that's not a good thing. Maybe most often it's not a good thing. But there are times when desperation, because it drives us to do things that we normally wouldn't do, is a good thing because those things are things that will benefit us. Those things that are things that can help us. Those things are things that we ought to do, even if we not, would not normally do it. If we find ourselves in a desperate situation... Do we cry out to Jesus? Do we cry out to him in the way that Bartimaeus did, knowing that only he can help us, that no one else can? Do we believe that he has the answers to the solutions and the solutions to the problems that we have, that we're going through? We should. We should cry out to him. As believers, we don't have to wait for him to come down the road. He's always there to hear us. He's waiting on us to call to him. If you're someone who doesn't know the Lord watching this this morning, he's waiting to hear your cry for mercy and for help. A cry out of the desperation of your heart out of the situation that you're in, separated from God because of sin. We're all in that same boat. Only Jesus, through his death and resurrection, can reconcile us back to God. Cry out to him in your desperation. You need a Savior. He is the one. The second thing that I see here in these verses is revelation. Again, looking at verse 47, 
and what Bartimaeus says to Jesus. He cries out to him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This term, son of David, is used only this one time in Mark's gospel. It's seen more often in Matthew's gospel, but this is the only occurrence here. And this, this term, son of David, is actually a messianic title. It's an acknowledgement that Jesus is, was the Messiah. Many who had sight in Jericho that day and throughout Israel could not see that truth. But this man, whose physical sight was gone, saw and understood that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. And that came only through revelation. That's the only way we can understand that truth. That's the only way that we can lay hold of it and grasp it. In Matthew's Gospel, in the 16th chapter, Jesus is speaking with his disciples. And he asks them a question. Who do men say that I am? And he gets a couple of different answers. Some say you're Elijah. Some say John the Baptist. And then he asks them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter, speaking, perhaps representing all the disciples, says, you're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. And Jesus' replied to him is, Simon, Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Flesh and blood did not reveal to blind Bartimaeus that Jesus was the Son of David, that he was the Messiah. God did. Somehow, that revelation came to him. Are your spiritual eyes open to this truth? Do you believe that he's the Messiah? If not, you can place your faith in him today. We see in this passage desperation on the part of blind Bartimaeus and revelation that comes to him. And the third thing that we see is a very strong determination. Verse 48. When Bartimaeus is crying out to Jesus, the crowd and maybe even some of Jesus' disciples begin to rebuke him. They tell him, be quiet. It doesn't say all that they said to him. Maybe they said, don't bother the master. Who do you think you are? It didn't deter him. He had a determination in his heart. He was going to get Jesus' attention. It didn't stop him. He cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Nothing or no one was going to stand in the way of Bartimaeus' determination to get the attention of Jesus. We should have the self-same attitude. In our times of need, in our desperation, we should storm heaven's gates for an answer, for help, showing that same kind of determination. I want to read for you, if I can find it quickly, a passage from the writings of Charles Spurgeon. I'm relying on my phone this morning, and now it's not cooperating. So we'll skip that. <laughs> but nonetheless, Spurgeon expresses the same thing in one of his writings, talking about storming the gates of heaven, 
knock, seek, don't take uh, no for an answer, don't be denied. Over and over again, Jesus says the same thing in the Gospels. How often do we allow opposition of one kind or another to get in the way of pursuing God, of following through in prayer? Opposition comes in many ways. In Bartimaeus' case, the opposition came from the crowd that was around him, telling him to be quiet. Opposition can come from the enemy of our souls. Opposition can come from our circumstances. And we can allow those things, whatever they may be, to, to get in the way of our pursuit of God and the answer that we're seeking. I ask myself, how many times do I offer cold prayers and hope to receive from God? Jesus said, keep on asking, keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. He tells, he, he conveys the same thing in the parable of the persistent widow who went to the judge and kept asking and kept asking until she received what she had come for. And also in the parable of the friend at night who goes to another friend's house and asks for some bread for he's had some unexpected guests. Over and over, Jesus talks about determination in prayer and seeking him. Persistent determination got Bartimaeus through to Jesus to make his request. In the book of Hebrews, in the 11th chapter, in the 6th verse, it says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly or diligently seek him. Diligent determination got Bartimaeus through to Jesus. And that verse from Hebrews leads us into the fourth thing that we see in this passage, going hand in hand with faith, and that's expectation. There was an expectation that Bartimaeus had that we see in the 49th and 50th verses. Here we see Jesus finally saying, call him, tell him to come. And those very same people who had been rebuking him a moment before now say to him, the master's calling you. He's telling you to come. Get on your feet. Cheer up. He's calling you. Go. Now this word that we see here that's translated as cheer up. It's a word that we found in the passage of Scripture from which I preached last week, interestingly enough. It's translated other places as take courage. And I'm going to read once again the definition of that word. It's a Greek word that implies that the courage or boldness that's exhibited comes from an inner confidence that is a result of the Lord infusing his strength by his inworking of faith. It's all God. It's nothing in us. It's God who gives that faith. It's God who gives that strength. And that boldness wells up in us because of that. And so that same strength 
wells up within Bartimaeus. That same faith wells up in Bartimaeus. And there's an expectation that's born there that Jesus is going to answer his prayers. Faith calls for action. The Apostle James in his letter, his epistle, says in the second chapter in the 18th verse, I'll show you my faith by what I do. Faith calls for action. And action is what we see on the part of Bartimaeus. He does three things. He throws his cloak aside, he jumps up, and he goes to Jesus. Throwing his cloak aside may have very well meant that he was throwing aside the very gifts and offerings and alms that had been given to him. Many believe that he was seated there in that same spot on that street with his cloak laying about him and as the people walked by those who were generous would throw a coin on top of the cloak. And so when Mark points out the fact that he threw his cloak aside it meant that he was throwing aside what he had had been generously given there was an expectation on his part that he wouldn't need it anymore or that it wasn't as important as what he was seeking from Jesus he wouldn't be stuck anymore he could let those coins roll away this was the most important thing to him now to be able to speak to Jesus to make his request to Jesus and he jumps to his feet. He needed to get to Jesus as soon as possible. No hesitation. And then he comes. In our time of desperation, Jesus is calling us to come. He gives us strength through the faith that originates from him and works in us, and he bids us to come expecting. He asks us to come expecting to receive from him whatever it is that he desires to give us. He tells us to throw aside the securities of our own design and to run to him. Throw aside the inadequate solutions to our problems and what we've relied on them in the past and come to the one who the disciples said had the words of eternal life there was no one else that we can go to we see finally in this passage restoration in verses 51 and 52 we read what do you, Jesus asking Bartimaeus what do you want me to do for you and he says, Rabbi, I want to see. And Jesus says, go. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight. And he followed Jesus along the road. 
Jesus says go and Bartimaeus says no. I'm not going. I'm not going about the business of life the way it was before. I'm following you. Following Jesus is the only adequate response when we have received his mercy. The Apostle Paul in the book of Romans in the 12th chapter and the first verse says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, which we have received if we've received his gift of salvation, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable or pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship or reasonable act of worship. It's the only thing that we could do. The only thing we should do to offer ourselves to Him. And when we do, when we we experience that restoration that He gives, we find that fulfillment that only Jesus can bring. We can approach this passage of Scripture from the aspect that it shows us that Jesus heals us from our physical sicknesses and diseases and disabilities, and He does that. Hebrews 13.8 says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We've seen Him move in that way. But I believe the greater lesson in this passage is that He hears us He stops to listen to us, as it were, and he calls us to himself. He extends his mercy to us. In our desperation, we seek after God. Through revelation, he gives us eyes to see and we understand who he is. By our God-given determination, we persist, or can persist in our pursuit of him, not letting anything stand in our way. And with expectation we come in faith to receive from him casting our earthly securities aside and we receive his mercy and whatever he in his sovereign wisdom would give us and finally we experience restoration maybe physical but definitely spiritual Fanny Crosby most of you know was one of the most prolific hymn writers of all time. It said that she's wrote something like 8,000 hymns, as well as thousands of other poems and secular songs. She was blind. But she said that she believed it was God's sovereign will for her to be, to be blind. Had she not, she would have been distracted by the beauty that she saw around her and not been able to praise the God who made those things. That was her conclusion. She was a mighty servant of the Lord. One of the songs that she wrote, we find in our hymnal, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. I want to read just one of the verses in the refrain. Pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, 
do not pass me by. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. That was the heart of Bartimaeus as he cried out to Jesus, do not pass me by. If you're in that desperate situation this morning, or a desperate situation this morning, cry out to him, do not pass me by. Extend your mercy for salvation, your grace. Extend your grace and your comfort in my trials. Extend your direction and the answers that I need in my times of difficulty, struggle. He still hears. He still stops. He still extends his mercy. Let's pray together. Father, once again, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this man, Bartimaeus, who was transformed, who went from desperation to restoration. We pray, Lord, that the truths that we see in, these pa- in this passage we would apply in our own lives, seeking after you, knowing that you hear us, knowing that you listen, knowing that you continue each day to extend your mercy and your grace to all of us. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great week in the Lord. We miss you. We look forward to the day that we can come together again in the sanctuary at Emmanuel to praise Him together. And as Jeff said at the beginning of our service, stay in touch with one another. Send cards, make phone calls, send texts. It's been said a million times in the last couple of weeks, but it's true. We're in this together, especially when it applies to the body of Christ. So God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord. I will bless the Lord forever. And I will trust Him at all times. Shelter, strong.
very present help in time of need. Whom have I in heaven but Beside, beside you, you have made me glad, and I'll say of the Lord, you are my shield, my strength, my portion, shelter, strong tower, my very present help. You are my shield, my strength, my portion, deliverer, my shelter, strong tower, my very Of your name, King. 
king of majesty There is no power in hell Nor any who can stand Before the power and the presence of the great I am 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 the presence of the great I am, 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 the great I am. Yeah.